just a few. They have an entire section. They're exclusive. <laughs> oh, just about. Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. This morning, we're going to change our order of service a little bit. So hopefully, you'll be able to follow along okay. Everything will be on the screen. We're going to start by singing a hymn together that we sang on Good Friday. We sang three verses of it. But today, we're going to sing the fourth verse as well, because this is what it's about. This is about Jesus' resurrection. So let's stand and sing together. Where are you there? morning. The call to worship this morning is the Lord has written, risen. You'll read the part in yellow. 
Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. The Lord has risen. Jesus has risen. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Death has been swallowed up in victory. The Lord has risen. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Our Lord Jesus Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. Our next hymn is number 367 in your hymnal. Christ the Lord is risen today. Please stand and sing. Good Friday 
sunrise, excuse me, Easter sunrise service, I'm running on just a little too little sleep right now, but I'll be okay maybe. So this was the view when I got to the church, uh, took a little shot as the light was just coming into the sky, and this is our group that we had out, and so congratulations to everyone who made it at that really early hour as we were enjoying the sun coming up. And there's the sun as it's just starting to peek up through the sky. And what a beautiful time we had and a great time of fellowship together and fun. Uh, we had some great games. We had an Easter egg hunt that had little bits of scripture inside it that they arranged and got the scripture verse all correct very quickly. We played uh, St. Patrick's Day trivia because what else would you do on Easter morning, right? <laughs> and then we did some Bible Jeopardy as well that was quite fun. So it was a good morning. Thanks for everyone who brought things and helped out. It was good. Some birthdays and anniversaries. I realized I was remiss on a couple of birthdays. So we backed up and got those ones as well. Sandra Sandham on the 27th of last month and Rachel DeJonga on the 28th. Coming up, we have Larry Goldner's birthday on the 12th. And then June Chambers is on April 15th as well. Are there any other birthdays coming up this week that I've missed? Excellent. Well, happy birthday to all of you. Just as a reminder, as you can see behind us on the stage, we have our Helping Hand Food Bank food raiser that we're doing. And so we are bringing in lunch items for kids. And so there are little lunch pail things at the back that uh, if you don't know exactly what this is about, you can pick one up. And it gives you a description of what we're bringing in each week. A reminder as well, um, Fred and Teresa will be glad when this event is over so they don't have to see this picture anymore, I think. But uh, anyways, I enjoy it every week. <laughs> uh, and they are uh, having a get-together at the Tilsonburg Senior Center, and that's on Saturday, April 15th from 1 till 4, and they, as they celebrated 60 years of marriage together, and that's just wonderful. A reminder of the meetings that we have coming up. As you can see, uh, our Christian education, our CE team is meeting on April 19th at 7. The board is meeting on April 20th at 7. And then there will be a congregational vote on April 30th. And that's about our future partnership with Eden. Uh, this week, it, our study of Philippians is postponed. I was originally supposed to be going to Toronto to the take part in the Ministry Resources Committee meeting. Uh, at our head office at CBOQ, but uh, unfortunately uh, there's a funeral that's coming up that I'm doing instead. And so um, many of you may have heard that Sharon Godby has passed away. And uh, Sharon was, um, she was married to uh, Robert uh, Haley uh, a long time ago, and I got to know her through First Baptist Simcoe. No, Tilsonburg, that's it. Um, strange words may come out of my mouth today. Again, just smile and nod, and we'll care, get through this. Uh, her grandson, Jared, was uh, the first person in their family I got to know through the youth group there, and so and then got to know some of the other family. And uh, so the visitation will be at 11 on Thursday, from 11 till 1, and then a service of remembrance at 1 o'clock at Verhoeve's funeral home here in Tilsonburg. Sunday mornings, uh, we will return to our Sermon on the Mount series. Um, we won't have that for April 16th. Uh, there will not be Sunday school that day, as I will be preaching at Eden that day, and so uh, we will have, I will be going there and preparing for that instead. So, 
but that we will return to that as well. Are there any other announcements that I've missed? Serena. All right, so April 16th. When do you want the questions? Okay. Yes, that's right. Yeah, last I checked, June was still in hospital, uh, still uh, convalescing there. So it would be great for those who want to bring in birthday cards for June just to cheer her up. Uh, that would be lovely. Any other announcements? Okay, thank you. And a reminder, of course, as well, that God calls us to give to the ongoing work of building his kingdom. And we can do that through the offering plates at the back or through giving through e-transfer as well. Uh, this is our calling. This is our act of worship. So let's take a moment and thank God for the gifts and the tithes and the offerings that have been given. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these gifts that have been given. Father, we ask that you would bless those who give and do so sacrificially. Father, help make us good stewards of all that you've given to us. We pray that these gifts would help to build your kingdom. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we turn to our time of praying together. Um, again, I did warn you that we're having a little bit of a different order of service today, so I know this may throw some of you off, but it's okay. We'll get there. Uh, wanted to just uh, let you know about some of the names that we're praying for here. I mentioned June Chambers. And uh, Lynn Aker, um, I've heard that she does not need chemotherapy, so that's good news for her. Uh, she had some surgery uh, back a few weeks ago, and so that's good news. Uh, Albert Hardiman, who is the brother of Jack Hardiman uh, from our church, uh, who is battling cancer. And Jack has got some health issues of his own. Uh, Joel, who's a neighbor here, who uh, also has having some medical challenges that we're praying for, as is Les Craig, a friend of Raymond's. Uh, Sharon Hogue, who is uh, Betty's daughter, we're praying for her recovery. Um, she's coming along slowly. The other day, Betty was telling me that she and Scott went out for a ride in the truck, and the highways were okay, but the uh, back roads kind of made her feel nauseous, so um, she's continuing to recover. Uh, Margaret Innes, who is the mum of a friend of people in our congregation, uh, who's got some, some very serious health issues, and uh, having problems with uh, eating food all has to be now pureed apparently and so that's a challenge too and Duane who has an upcoming surgery uh, the, of course the, fa the family of Sharon Godby at this time Teresa who has an upcoming knee surgery and then this week as well I was asked to pray for uh, Tina's grandson Cameron and uh, Cameron nephew so sorry yep I knew that. Again, strange things may come out of my mouth. Yes, uh, what is Cameron's last name, Tina? Wheeler as well. Okay, same as home. Okay, thank you. And so we'll be praying for him. Um, also, uh, for our friend Kathy, um, she has lost her brother-in-law this week. And so we want to be uh, lifting up her family at this time. And uh, also, we've been praying for Maddie. And uh, Maddie needs our prayers again, too. So we have lots to be praying about today. Uh, is there anything else that we should be praying about today? 
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you today. And we are grateful for many things. We are grateful for the sunshine today, for the warm weather, for the beautiful sunrise that reminds us that your promises are new every morning. We are grateful for spring that reminds us of the renewal of all things that you will eventually bring when Jesus returns. And yet every year we get these glimpses of the future. Flowers blooming. The air warming. The birds singing. And Father, we are grateful. Father, there are many in our circle of friends and family that need your care, that need your touch. There are perhaps even other things that we just don't want to bring public. And so we lay them at your feet. Father, today we lift them up by name. And we ask for your care for each one of them. For Kathy's family. For Maddie. For June. For Albert. For Joel. For Sharon. For Dwayne. For Teresa. For Lynn. For Jack. For Les. For Margaret. For Cameron. And for the family of Sharon Godfrey. Father, would you attend to their needs, we pray. We also lift up today all of those who are lost, who don't know you. All of our loved ones who just don't know what life is like with you. Father, we pray that at this time, this special Easter season, that you would touch their hearts, that you would speak to them, that you would call them by name, and that they would be drawn to follow you. Father, bless the service, we pray, and all who are gathered here. In Jesus' name, amen. Next hymn this morning is Christ Arose. It's number 357 in your hymnals. Please stand and sing. Oh, 
from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Daily they watch his bed, Jesus my Scripture reading this morning is Matthew 28, verses 1 to 10. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Thank you, Scott. Well, happy Easter, everyone. It's an exciting time, isn't it? It's a fun time. You know, I love Easter. I love Easter for so many reasons. 
Um, can we drop my volume again just a little bit, the white knobs, please, Beth? Thanks. Um, it's spring, right? It's a time where flowers are coming out, which is nice. Um, it's starting to warm up again, which is great. Uh, we did what we promised and brought warm weather from Cuba. I'm sure that's how it works. Um, it's just a lovely time other than the bugs. You know, I don't like the bugs of spring, but it's a beautiful time. It's a fun time for kids too because the Easter bunny comes along and brings some goodies sometimes and chocolate and, you know, I like chocolate just a little bit, right? And so it's a wonderful time. I love Easter because of all the good things that we get to have and do with it. But what does it mean for you? When you think about Easter, what do you think of? Go ahead, tell me. Family. Excellent. Anything else? Christ arose. Thank you, Phil. Absolutely. Time to get your swing out on the deck, right? Yeah, it also sometimes comes and makes an appearance at church, but uh, that's a very rare occasion. Yes. Awesome, beautiful. Sorry? Kids. Right. It's a great time. You know what else I think about at this time of year? Spring cleaning. <laughs> you know, that, that's maybe a little bit of the less fun part of spring, isn't it, right? You know, the sun shines more brightly, and then you notice the windows. Right? Oh, gosh. Or, you know, it starts to warm up, and you see that the, those little plants are growing up through all of those dead leaves that you didn't finish picking up from last year, and the twigs and stuff. If, at least at my place, that's what has to be done. There's always work to be done, right? With spring cleaning, there's the gardens, right? For us, there's the gardens. There's the garage. We have this wonderful two-car garage that is room normally for two cars. That's the idea, right? How do you think that works, right? So a number of, what's that? <laughs> so a number of years ago, um, after we had been there about 17 years and things, you know, had just kind of moved their way out to the garage, I decided I was going to start working through it. And I'm not done yet. So... <laughs> Every year with spring cleaning, that's another thing that's on the list, right? We can do a little bit better. So we have the gardens, we have the garage, and then my gear, right? Everything else. That's a time of year where I will go through maybe clothes that, are, that don't fit me anymore because I like chocolate. Um, or, you know, maybe it's just things that I haven't worn or used or whatever. It's a time to go through my gear and sort of do some purging of that stuff. Spring cleaning. You know, some, this is not our garage, in case you're concerned. <laughs> <laughs> However, our garage also needs some things to be done. You know, when you, you see a site like that, maybe you think that the first thing you need to do is kind of put things in order, right? Like, it's, sometimes it looks overwhelming when it's kind of just been sort of shoved there. But once you take a few minutes to go in and you start organizing things, it looks better already when you just put things in order. Sometimes it needs a little bit of extra work, right? Sometimes there are things that you need to pretty much bring back to life, something that's been neglected, it's been shoved there because it needs some work. Maybe something that needs refinishing or something that you're going to paint and it just gets pushed aside while some of those things need to be brought back to life. 
It's a time when you're doing the spring cleaning to reflect on what's important and what isn't. To remove the stuff that is not important. And to revive the things maybe that are important and that you come across. Sometimes you're doing spring cleaning and you find a treasure, something important that you forgot about, something you really enjoy. You know, maybe a favorite toy even, right? We've been working through the Gospel of Matthew. And here we are at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, but don't get too excited. We're not done the Gospel actually until the end of June. We're kind of jumping ahead to the end of the story. And over this weekend, have you really stopped to think, what does it all mean? You know, over Holy Week, we started with Palm Sunday, and we reflected on that day when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the donkey. And the, the voices that were there, those who were cheering for Jesus and those who were against Jesus, what does it all mean for you? Think about Jesus carrying the cross. You know, he was treated horribly. And then he had to carry his own cross until he couldn't carry it anymore. And then somebody else was made to carry Jesus' cross. We remembered on Good Friday how Jesus was put up on a cross. An innocent man, the Son of God, was hung on a cross to pay for your and my sins. You remember that. What does it all mean for you? What does it mean for you that Jesus died for you? Does that impact you? Does it do anything to make you reflect on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? What does it mean to you that Jesus rose again? Does that mean anything to you? Does that impact you that Jesus actually rose from the dead? It's always amazing to me when I stop to think about the fact that even if all Jesus did was die on the cross for our sins, that would be incredible. That would be a tremendous sacrifice that God would send his one and only son to earth to pay for my mistakes, to pay for your mistakes. That alone would be incredible. But he didn't leave it there, did he? He even went over and above because that's how God works. He made something else incredible. Three days later, Jesus rose from the dead and he opened the way for us for eternal life, to live forever, for abundant life, for a life that is overflowing with God's love and mercy and goodness. The grave would no longer be our master. The grave would no longer be something that we would need to fear. What does it mean to you today? I want to read a little bit more of our passage out of Matthew 28. What happens next? So verses 11 to 15. While the women were on their way, going back to see the disciples, to tell them about this good news that Jesus was risen from the dead... While the women were doing that, the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say, his disciples came during the night 
and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Of course, not to this very day, to that very day. When this was written down, when the gospel was written, the Jews went around saying, you know what, I heard that the disciples actually just snuck in, stole the body while the guards were asleep, and went and hid it. Back then they were spreading lies. And today those lies persist, don't they? Oh, sure, Jesus rose from the dead. Maybe his disciples just came and took him. What did it mean to those disciples that Jesus rose from the dead? And we look at the disciples when they were before, when Jesus was being arrested, and how they all ran in terror. They were afraid. They were wimps. I don't think I would serve any better, just to clear the record. But then we see them on the day of Pentecost, and they are transformed men. They're speaking boldly about Jesus Christ to crowds. It's funny how people want to continue to spread lies about Jesus. We know the truth that he is alive. This very lie wasn't something really that even they came up with on their own, was it? Because if we go back and we look at Matthew 27, verses 62 to 66, we remember that this is what happened. The next day, the one after preparation day, the day after Jesus had been put on the cross, had been killed, the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This deception will be worse than the first. Isn't it funny that they had planted this seed inadvertently in the minds of the Roman governors, the officials, the magistrates? Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go Make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. Do you think the guards really fell asleep? Do you think the disciples really stole the body? The fear of the Pharisees became the falsehood of the Romans. And we live in a world that still spreads lies about Jesus. Because I don't like to stop and think about what would it mean if it's true? What would it mean if Jesus really did all these things? What would it mean if Jesus really was the Son of God? We live in a world that wants us to forget about Jesus. How oh, it's Easter time. Think about bunnies and eggs and fun stuff. Right? And chocolate. Of course, we can't forget chocolate. Right? You know, sometimes... It can wear on us. This world that we live in that constantly wants to push Jesus aside, sometimes it can wear on our faith. Sometimes our faith can get kind of worn down. I'm not looking for hands this morning. 
to be raised high and confess things. But are there times maybe when your faith feels kind of dry? Maybe kind of dusty? Maybe kind of dull? Maybe it becomes kind of like that garage that, you know, things have just been kind of shoved aside and, and it's there, but it's not what it should be. So what can we do? If that's where you're at today, what can we do? What can we do when our faith is feeling kind of lackluster or cluttered or just out of control? And remember that God is a God of new things. God will bring about new things. Remember that these symbols that are around us, that society so quickly will gravitate towards, are symbols that God is real. God is active. God is alive. New growth. Bunnies. Right? You get two bunnies. How long do they stay as two bunnies? Not long. Eggs, right? These Easter eggs. Signs of new life. God is the one who gives new life in the first place. He created life. And these signs celebrate spring and new life. But we need to remember that these are gifts from God that point to God. They're images of hope, aren't they? Right? When you see an egg, you don't just think, oh, this is going to remain an egg forever. Right? Depending on the egg, it has a purpose. Breakfast, dessert, or new life. They're images of joy, especially the chocolate ones. Right? What about your faith? Where is your faith at today? How are you sitting with all of this today? Are you really wrapped up in the joy and the hope, the expectant hope of the resurrection, what that means for us? Maybe you need some spring cleaning. Carolyn was good enough to share with me a poem that I think it was your mother that wrote it. Is that correct? Yeah. It's called Spring Cleaning. And she gave me permission to share it. God knocked at the door of my heart one day and I looked for a place to hide. My soul was cluttered and choked with debris and things were untidy inside. I needed some time to put matters right. Surprised he would call on me. My soul needed cleaning from bottom to top. There were things he should not see. There were tasks neglected, long overdue, cobwebs to be brushed from the wall, rugs to be shaken and windows cleaned up. I had not expected this call. I stood with my hand on the latch of the door and gazed at the mess in the room. When I opened the door, my soul blushed to see God had left on my doorstop a broom. Sometimes we need, a thank you, by the way. Sometimes we need that, don't we? We're kind of like, you know, God, I don't just need a broom. I need you to come in with the broom and do the work. We're overwhelmed sometimes with the state of our soul. And it's too easy for us to get downhearted about that, to get lost in all of that. 
But God has a plan. So what do we do? Well, of course, you know, as, as good stalwart Canadians, we do our own best effort, right? We, we begin to trying to put things in order. And that's a good thing. You know, like we, we kind of work through it and go, maybe, you know, that stuff needs to go. And kind of like that spring cleaning, right? That stuff needs to go. That stuff can stay. This stuff needs to be fixed up. Some things need to be brought back to life that maybe have been laying kind of hidden for a while. We need to take time to reflect on what's really important in the light of God's eyes. To remove the stuff that we don't really want there. And to revive the things that need reviving. What needs reviving in you today? What needs reviving in your walk with Jesus? in your faith journey. But the reality is our own efforts will only take us so far. Mundane of life and forget that the story of the resurrection is that of hope. It's that of joy. Sometimes we're so busy carrying our cross, our faith needs resurrection at times. And maybe that's not you today. And if today you're just bang on with God and everything's wonderful. I'm sorry this message isn't for you. Have a nap if you'd like. Go ahead. But the things that we really want, passion, purpose, and that personal relationship with Jesus, those are the core things that should be part of our faith walk with him, our faith journey with him. So how can our faith be resurrected if it's in that state today? How can we enjoy a relationship with Jesus that, that beams with this kind of light? We need to ask ourselves, what does the resurrection mean for us? And find once again the message of hope, the message of joy, the good news of what Jesus has really done for us and what he's really brought for each one of us. That Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. You no longer have to fear death. You no longer have to fear anything. God is on our side. This is good news. How can our faith be resurrected? Let me give you three simple things. Your walk, and I don't mean exercise, although that's a good thing. I don't do enough of it. What is your walk with Jesus like? Are you walking with God on a daily basis? Are you spending time with him? And I mean quality time, right? Not the equivalent of, you know, hanging out with a friend while you're both on your cell phone. Not that kind of relationship. Something deeper. Something where you enjoy the presence of one another. That's what walking with God is to be like. Second one is worship. Worship is a key element. And we do that here, and that's a good thing. But I'm talking about the other six days of the week. How do you worship God? Do you worship God every day? Worship is what we as human beings are designed to do. We do it for all sorts of things. But it's really meant for God. And we will find the most joy when we give it to God. And lastly, witness. Walk, worship, and witness. 
sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. All right, let's take a look at this last passage in Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What an incredible reassurance Jesus has given us. That's not just for his disciples then. That's for us as his disciples now. Go and share the good news. I am with you always to the very end of the age. Maybe you need to do some spring cleaning. And I'm not just talking about your gardens, your garage, or your gear. I'm talking about what's going on inside. If your faith has become dull and dusty, then seek the new life that Jesus offers. Remind yourself once again of who Jesus is. Get reunited with him. Walk with him together. Worship the living God, Jesus Christ who has come. And share his witness wherever you go for the glory of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we recognize that life just seems to always have this kind of tug of war. That all around us there are voices that would tell us that this is not true. And yet your spirit tells us that this is true. That Jesus, your very son, came down from heaven to give up his life for each one of us to pay for our sins, but also to show us how to live and to open the way for eternal life for each one of us. Fill us afresh with that joy, that enthusiasm, that hope. God, there is a world that needs to hear messages of joy and hope, and there is none greater than that which is found in your Son. Jesus, I thank you for all that you have done for me. Help me to walk close to you. Help me to worship you regularly and fully and only. And help me to be your witness to a world in darkness that needs your light. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our final song that we're going to sing together today is a rousing one. It's a reminder of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. He lives. Number 368. Please stand as we sing together.
That is my prayer for you today. That he is alive, not just in a physical sense, but he is alive in your heart. And he restores the joy and the hope in all of you as we go forth and profess Jesus Christ to the world that needs him, that need the joy and the hope that he brings, the abundant life that he offers. And so go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.